The concept of internal audits and the topic of internal audits is one of the most popular topics on our YouTube channel. So I appreciate that you guys wanted to hear about that. We had over 150 people register for the event. Um, what I really wanted to talk about today was if we took ISO away, so a lot of what drives us into internal auditing is things like ISO 9001 for quality management systems or ISO 14001 for environmental management systems or ISO 45001 for occupational health and safety management system or ISO 27001 or food safety, HACCP food safety systems, ISO 22000. If we didn't have those ISO standards, we probably wouldn't be talking about internal audits. That's the reality. So because your business or your organization has elected to have those ISO management systems in place. Now, when I say they've elected, you've might've been asked by a customer to have one of those ISO systems in place. And I appreciate that. But if we didn't have that ISO framework or guideline pushing us along, or we weren't going to it for guidance, then we probably wouldn't even know about internal audits. So I want to take a step back and I wanted to, and I was thinking about a medium-sized organization that I've been giving some coaching to who are not interested in ISO. They're not, there's no driver in their organization for an ISO 9001 quality management system. Uh, they're an absolutely fantastic organization. I'm not going to name names or talk about the industry because they'll know who I'm talking about. I want to talk about them generically. They're a, they're a, sm they're a small to medium-sized enterprise, uh, about 20 people. Um, they're a manufacturer, uh, they've got a distribution network and they've got a retail network. They've got two retail locations, uh, so they've got a, a wholesale distribution network. So they've got a whole, whole bunch of people out there that sell their products. They manufacture some products and rebrand them. Um, and then they've got their own, uh, their, obviously their own retail operation. Now, they're not interested in ISO 9001. Uh, as, a, as a quality management system. There's no driver for them to get certified uh, or to have external auditors work on, um, on their system or give them guidance and advice. But they come to us to help and the, the question they came to us, they said, could you come and help us get a quantum shift in our organization? My answer to the question was yes. Uh, yes, I can absolutely do that. Now, really what we want to look at is we want to say, okay, well, why did ISO write internal audits into the standards? Somebody at some point in time, as they were saying, let's build this management system, let's write a specification, and they were brainstorming what should we include in it, um, they were starting to say, okay, well, we've seen success from these different tactics that people implement in organizations. So really, that's the starting point that I want you to consider when you're looking at an ISO standard and we're starting to talk about things like internal audits, I want you to ask the question, why? Just step back for a moment and just do a bit of dreaming and say, well, well why, why would they have included these elements or requirements into an ISO standard if there was nothing? So there was a point in time, way back in history, where no ISO quality management system standard existed. And so you, and it's not that long ago, like, you know, you go back 50, 60, 70 years now, people were starting to think about frameworks for operating organizations, but the international standards say ISO 9001 didn't actually exist. And it didn't really exist at an international level until the nineties. There were, there were different uh, uh, regional standards uh, through the late eighties. And it was certainly being discussed in the early eighties, but even back as far as the late sixties, um, you know, it was, the, it, was the, it was the discussion of the academic person who was doing a, a doctorate at a college or a university. It wasn't mainstream commercial operations like it is today. 
But what was happening was people making observations of organisations. They're saying, well, these organisations that are successful, that are doing very well, that have happy customers, good environmental performance, good cyber security, um, good OHS, what do they do? And they did surveys and they said, okay, well, you know, there's a whole bunch of industry contributors saying, well, we do this, we do this, we do this, we do this. And so that sweeps up all these activities. So the first thing I want to say about internal audits is it has been observed that organizations that can implement effective, short and simple internal auditing processes in their organizations, that is a characteristic of an organization that will be successful in place of an organization that doesn't do it. Now, I can also comment on organizations that don't do it. Back to this story about this, this uh, manufacturing organization, manufacturing retail organization that I've been working with, they don't do internal audits. They don't see it as being something necessary. They don't value it. Uh, the, the two people that run the organization, they know about internal audits, but because there's no ISO driver, they don't do it. And so I started to say to them, I said, well, okay, you wanna get a quantum shift in your organization. What, what do you think? Don't worry about your organization for the moment. Take a step back. Look at the most successful, productive, um, high-performance organizations on the planet, companies on the planet. Um, have a look at them and ask the question, what is it, brainstorm, what is it that you think that they're doing? What have you seen them do? And, and what came back from that discussion was oh, actually they review their performance. They stop and you know, they'll, they'll, they'll do a period of time of operation, then they'll stop and they'll debrief and check their performance. Exactly the same as a high performance football team or netball team or soccer team or high performance athlete does. High performance sprinters and athletes will often video their performance and stop and go and watch the video and analyze and critique their technique and then implement some changes and then run again and video it again and stop and look and crit critique their technique until they can get better and better and improve their performance and they'll measure their performance. So videoing an activity, making an observational videoing an activity, videoing a high performance sprinter at the Olympics running or um, a race car driver or a rock star or, or a band playing, by doing the video, that's capturing a moment in time and it's capturing the performance and it gives you the ability to analyze, critique and identify opportunities for improvement. So the first thing I want you to think about is, well, could you video a process in place in your organization, then as a team, watch that video to identify opportunities for improvement? Because that's really where a modern internal audit's going to be. In three or four or five years time from now, a modern internal audit is really about that independent view, the camera doesn't lie, and taking a view of what's happening. And so when I talk about making short and quick and effective internal audits, I want you to take that approach. You've got a smartphone, we've all got these amazing phones. I just got my brand new iPhone got delivered yesterday. It's got the extra cameras on it and does the 3D and all that crazy stuff. A video with a smartphone is a really great opportunity to give you a, a quick, simple start. And, and I think one of the challenges, the most common challenge, I don't think I know, the most common challenge and comments that we get on our YouTube channel and feedback that we get from you guys, I don't know how to start. Okay, well, how to start is what would be a process that we could video with the intention of looking for opportunities for improvement? So taking a video, working as a team, and then looking for opportunities for improvement because it gives us, gives us our discussion point. So if we go back to internal audits, we say, well, at the end of the process, we wanna have a report. So the video that we took on our smartphone is the report. Here's the process that I observed. And 
The second part to the audit is a commentary about is it what we intended to do or not? And you can discuss that as a team. So if what I did was I had the team prepare for me a couple of um, procedures and then I've got them right here. So I've got, I've actually got a policy on this bit of paper and I've got a procedure here on this bit of paper. So in doing the video, um, we try here at Best Practice not to have too much documentation. We try to keep it short and simple. But we could video or ask questions about this particular process being in place. And what are each of the steps? Could you show me the steps and I'm going to video? Or could you show me the steps and I'm going to take notes? So that's a really good opportunity. So my objective in this webinar is to get you thinking differently. Short tips and tricks. So if you're not ready to do videos yet, tip number two or trick number two would be to take things like flowcharts. If you haven't got flowcharts, that's a whole other webinar. I've got some um, webinars in the YouTube channel on process flows and flowcharts. But if you've got something like this, whether it's a flowchart or whether it's a policy, um, this is a really old technique of mine that I've been using for about 15 years, is that by photocopying, this is A3 sheet of paper, this is A4. Um, and so what we're basically doing is we are producing it and giving ourselves space to write notes. So working with a colleague, and internal audits have always got a colleague, working together as a team, hey, I'm just going to review your process, um, looking for opportunities for improvement, how we can improve the organization, how we can tweak our performance, get better results on our dashboard. I've got a flowchart here of your process. Can you show me what you do? I'm going to follow it and I'm going to look for opportunities for improvement. Now, it could be opportunities for improvement in the process or it could be that the flowchart's out of date. Now, Kevin's here in the office today. Every Tuesday, it's Tuesday here at the Best Practice Head Office. Kevin comes in and he, he does the internal audits. So he goes and sees team members. He's been with a marketing team member and, he, and these guys have just been through the process doing audits of what we do so that we can actually keep improving the process flows that we've got. We've got new people starting. We've got Luke's just started with us. We've got Sarah's an intern. We've got two new people starting next week. We're growing here at Best Practice. We use these things to train people. So we wanna make sure they're up to date. But we don't want them to be too complicated. Where we need to be a little bit more complicated, we'll have a policy where we've got written text. But this organization is no different to yours. Even though we've got all this stuff written down, nobody reads it. And if that sounds familiar in your organization, if you write lots of stuff down, you have policies and procedures, ask yourself a question. Do people actually read it? Do you actually read it? And that's one of the challenges and one of the big frustrations that people keep coming to me about is they're saying, well, I've got all this documentation or I feel I need to produce all this documentation. I'm like, don't, no one reads it. I want you, if you guys have an organization where everybody reads all your policies and procedures, then let me know because I'd really like to know how you can encourage and motivate people to do that. Because the reality of humans, they're, they're, they're creatures of habit and creatures of repetition, they like to figure out how to do something and then just go and do it. They're not going to keep referring to the instructions and following the steps. We had to follow some steps to set up the webinar for this morning for you guys because we only do it once a month. So we've got some steps so we can just remind ourselves. Uh, if I just turn the camera a little bit, I'll show you our studio setup checklist. Camera setup and audio setup is here on the wall on a big bit of butcher's paper. So that's something that I want you to consider is that it doesn't have to be this lovely desktop you know, published process. We use this amazing sticky butcher's paper from 3M, this product here, um, to do those big checklists. Now, if we want to keep that as a document, we'll take a photo of it and we'll save it to our Google Drive. We're a Google office here. We use Google Docs, Google Sheets, Google Drive. Um, everything here at, office, uh, at Best Practices in the Google system. Um, and so we'll just take a photo and we'll save it to our Google Drive. And so rather than having to have a, you know, a fancy document like this, 
something that's just been handwritten, take a photo, save it into your drive, makes it really quick and simple. And then yes, I can audit against it. I can say, hey Luke, this morning, one time, did you, when you did your camera setup, did you have one tripod and a phone for Instagram, a tripod and a phone and a microphone for YouTube, a Rode lectern for Kobe for the camera and camera on tripods plus the lights on the right hand side and at the front. And so I can say, have you got you know, head, headphones um, plugged in for cameras and have we got SD cards ready? It's like a bit of a checklist, but that's all they need because they're doing it on a regular basis. We're in this studio every day uh, recording content. We've got a podcast running right now. So we're recording this webinar as a podcast. Uh, Luke is doing TikTok videos in the background. We've got lots of stuff going on while we're doing this particular webinar. We're making social media content at the same time. So I want you to think about that. How can you have a simple system of working together as a team? So you could consider videos and videoing a process and then sitting and watching the video as a team and making notes. You could have a one-on-one -on -one, you know, one -on -one conversation. So internal audits, tip number three, are always two people. It's never by yourself because that's a self-evaluation. So it's always about working as a team with the opportunity for improvement. Bit of stuff going on in the background with the team. Okay, so tip number, what am I up to? Tip number five. I want you to really think about how to get started with internal audits. Now one of the, one of the, the I guess we can start to look at inputs. What should we look at in our organization? If you do any sort of customer feedback, if you've got any sort of incident register, injury register, risk register, um, issues list, doing internal audits around the processes that, that that issue or incident or injury is related to are really important place to start because that's where you need to make improvements in your organization. Making improvements, you know, as a starting point, if you've never done this before, as a starting point, high priority are the places in the organization where you've got problems. Uh, low priority would be, you know, your document control system. You know, how don't go on, don't go on do audits and say, you know, I need to check like document documents are all up to date at the bottom of the document. It's just about asking people, have you got the information that you need to do your job and is the information that you refer to up to date? Don't please don't go and start raising issues related to how documents are named and coded and dated and all that sort of stuff. That is just an indicator. It's meant to be a technique for people to check have I got the most up-to-date information. Here at Best Practice, the up-to-date information to follow and use is what's on the intranet, not what's printed out. And so we keep it really, really simple and don't overcomplicate it. So for you guys, I really want to think about how you can get started. Getting started, focus on areas of the business. So if you've got a complaints register, have a look at the complaints register and do some root cause analysis. What part of the business could I go and look at to look for improvements to the process so we don't keep getting that reoccurring complaint, as an example. Uh, second way to do it is to look at critical areas in the organization. Where do we need to pay attention to constant improvement in the organization so things don't go wrong? So in thinking about the next 12 weeks, in your organization, what could go wrong? Focus, focusing some attention of internal audits in or peer reviews or peer process reviews. If you don't like the term internal audit, peer process reviews could be the opportunity to quickly talk about it. You say, right, we'll go and do a peer process review in this particular area so that we can actually identify opportunities for improvement before it happens. So in thinking about the next 12 weeks, what does success look like? In thinking about the last 12 weeks, what went wrong? Have a think about the name of your internal audits. Remember, the point I'm on right now is that it's always two people. So it's never by yourself. And it's always about a peer review or a peer process to work together to identify opportunities for improvement. Now, I just want to make a comment about that. 
the more that you can delegate this process of doing internal audits out to the business and not do it yourself, so have everybody have a go at this, the more you will see a significant learning benefit in your organization. Specifically, that people will A, want to know what their process says before they sit down for a peer review or an independent audit, internal audit, and also the people that are doing the auditing learn a lot about other parts of the business. So it's a great way to reduce that friction that might occur between teams because they will deploy a little bit more empathy as to how each other part of the business operates. So that's been a really amazing benefit. So when I run live internal auditor training on site with you guys or Nick does from Next Practice, any of the coaching team are running that tra those training courses on site. That's the biggest benefit that we see on a consistent basis. Now I've been doing this for a long time is that we get people together to work as peers and review with each other and we see a huge learning benefit. And I've talked in previous webinars and videos about the learning pyramid. I'll do a Google search of the learning pyramid. You'll see when there's interactive involved learning, you get a much, much better learning outcome. Okay, so in terms of keeping things short and effective, the final thing I want to say in terms of getting started is keep your internal audits, the whole process of preparing, interviewing and reporting to be inside one hour. It's the best way to get started. So 20 minutes prepping, what part of the business am I gonna go and look at? 20 minutes chatting to your peers or doing a bit of an observation or videoing and 20 minutes writing notes in terms of opportunities for improvement. If you can keep that really, really simple, it's gonna be the best way forward for you guys. So in terms of getting started, don't overcomplicate it. Don't book yourself in for a whole day. Don't push yourself too hard to get too much done. Don't set your expectations high in terms of a huge amount of work because it's the small incremental little improvements that you can identify and then influence the business to implement change. That's when you're gonna get the real ratchet benefits in terms of the organization over time. If you can improve one small thing and implement a change, one identify one small improvement and implement one small change on a day-to-day -day basis, that's 365 changes that you can make in your organization over a year. If you just do it on work days and you take out annual leave, public holidays, um, and all the other crazy stuff, uh, sick leave, all those things going on, you, you're gonna make 220 improvements because there's 220, about 220 work days in a year, certainly in the environment here in Australia, we have about 220 work days in a whole year. If you can make identify and make one small change every single day, that's gonna be 220 improvements to your organization. Imagine how much better your organization is going to be in the future. Okay, I'll give you a bonus tip. If you've got frustrations or concerns, if there is something that you can think of that you'd like improved in the organization and you think you can get that thing going quickly, use internal audits as your agenda item to basically get that thing moving on.